Good morning, everyone. My name is Martin Long. I'm the, I'm the very proud MLA for West Yellowhead. Firstly, I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge that we are gathered today on the traditional territory of the signatories to Treaty 6 and 8. I also acknowledge the Métis people of Alberta who have a deep connection with this land. And today we're doing this announcement from Jasper, and I also acknowledge in Jasper the Assiniwichi, Winuak Nation, and the Mountain Métis who were evicted from this land many years ago and now make their home in the Grand Cache region. It's my pleasure to be your MC for this afternoon's announcement that will provide welcome news not only to my local constituents, businesses and entrepreneurs, but to Albertans across the province. I'd now, I'd now like to acknowledge our very special guests and speakers here with us today, Premier Daniel Smith, the Minister of Tourism and Sport, Joseph Scow, Shea Bird, the Chief Executive Officer for Indigenous Tourism Alberta, and Darren Reeder, the President and Chief Executive Officer for the Tourism Industry Association of Alberta. To kick off today's exciting announcement, I'd like to invite the Premier to the podium. Well, thanks, Martin, and thank you so much for hosting us up here today. I, uh, I wish we had the beautiful mountains in the background. This has just been glorious to be up here, and it is great to be here with uh, Joseph Scow, who is our Minister of Tourism and Sport, Darren Reeder, President and CEO of Tourism Industry Association of Alberta, and Shea Bird, CEO of Indigenous Tourism Alberta, to talk about how we're supporting Alberta's tourism industry. Jasper and Banff, a little further south, are the most visited national parks in Canada and two of the world's most celebrated wilderness destinations. We, they're a fa the face of a tourism industry that has helped drive Alberta's economy for many decades. Since our earliest days when the railways opened the Canadian interior to visitors, Alberta has drawn people in huge numbers to see what makes our province so special. And those who do come here quickly find out that the attractions in Alberta go far beyond our famous mountain parks. They include UNESCO World Heritage Sites that preserve millennia of First Nations history, Edmonton's many festivals, and the summer fun of the greatest outdoor show on earth, the Calgary Stampede, the world-class Royal Terrell Museum and Drumheller Badlands, and the countless acres of backcountry waiting to be explored for incomparable fishing and hunting, camping, mountain biking, and off-roading. The list is truly endless. In every corner of Alberta and in all four seasons, visitors can discover welcoming communities and unforgettable experiences. And Alberta's visibility is higher than ever. Thanks to the film and television tax credit, which has drawn major productions like The Last of Us and Prey, which is uh, putting our province on screens worldwide. With such incredible landscapes and an equally impressive range of cultural attractions right in our backyard, Alberta already has the assets that we need to sustain a strong tourism industry for decades to come. But our government has a far more ambitious vision for the future of Alberta's tourism. Today I'm pleased to announce Alberta's new tourism strategy. The strategy takes a whole-of-government approach to sustainably growing our province's visitor economy. This includes growing into rural communities, expanding and diversifying our tourism product offerings, increasing air and road access, and easing labor shortages. Our aim is to build on our existing strengths and more than double Alberta's visitor economy from $10 billion currently to $25 billion by 2035. We're already on our way to those ambitious numbers. In 2022, tourism spending in our province was up $600 million over 2019 levels, reaching a record $10.7 billion. But we believe we can grow the industry even more. We're going to do this by prioritizing sustainable and responsible development, 
such as all-season resorts, which will give Alberta tourism operators even more of a competitive edge. And over the years, we've increased funding for Travel Alberta to support increased air access. In the last three years, Travel Alberta has expanded the number of airline seats into the province from key destinations across the United States, Europe, and Asia. With this increased funding, they will be able to continue generating and driving visitor demand to our incredible province. They'll also expand their efforts to develop and promote our province's amazing destinations with a focus on expanding tourism growth across communities in rural Alberta. From the peace country to the badlands to the southern Rockies, our province has so much to offer. The strategy also includes measures to continue growing Indigenous tourism opportunities across the province and make it easier for Indigenous operators to access capital for large-scale projects. And finally, the tourism strategy also includes measures to ease the labour shortages that have for too long challenged the tourism industry's growth. Our strategy will build on the industry's current successes, delivering economic growth and good jobs across Alberta and attracting record numbers of visitors. Now I'd like to hand things over to Minister Joseph Scow, who will speak to the tourism strategy in more detail. Well, thank you, Premier Smith. It is an honor to be with you today to share in this incredible announcement. I also want to thank the Premier for having the vision of creating a Ministry of Tourism and Sport, signaling to the industry that when it comes to Alberta's visitor economy, our best days are ahead of us, and our government is here to support that growth. Growth that will propel our province to new heights with an industry-focused, market-driven approach to development in our tourism sector. Alberta has a remarkable story to tell, and visitors from around the world come here every year to experience it, whether it's visiting our crowning jewels of Banff, Jasper, and Lake Louise, or venturing into the Badlands, our provincial parks, or into northern Alberta. No one does it better than us. Our tourism strategy will take a whole-of-government approach to growing the visitor economy to reach our ambitious goal of $25 billion in visitor spending, by 2035. This approach is based on five pillars that will focus on the most crucial elements and areas for development. First, leadership and alignment. Travel Alberta and the Government of Alberta will continue to work with industry uh, to develop unique tourism experiences in the province's tourism development zones. Competitive product. There will be a special focus on developing new competitive products that offer all-season experiences and fresh opportunities to Albertans and visitors who come here from around the globe. People and careers. In addition to yesterday's announcement with Minister Yassine, creating a new immigration stream to fulfill the demand for staffing, we will also work with post-secondary institutions to help guide more students into careers in the tourism sector. Expanding access. We'll continue working with our airline partners like WestJet as they expand new routes into Alberta and improve our existing infrastructure for visitors once they get here uh, to navigate our magnificent uh, province. And finally, Indigenous tourism. We will expand our growing Indigenous tourism sector by supporting development to meet the increasing demand for authentic Indigenous tourism experiences while also creating meaningful partnerships with Indigenous communities across Alberta. Today's announcement has been years in the making. And while I'm honoured to be the Minister to officially release this strategy, 
It could not have been made possible without the input of so many, including former colleague Doug Schweitzer, current Minister Tanya Furr, Minister Todd Lowen, MLA Martin Long, former MLA Miranda Rosen, and the vision of David Goldstein, CEO of Travel Alberta, and his fantastic team. The future of tourism in Alberta is so bright, and I look forward to working with industry partners and leaders as we showcase the best our province has to offer, so that when visitors come here and visit our province, they learn what we already know, and that is this. Alberta is the best place to live, to play, and to visit. Thank you. I'll now turn the time over to Shea Bird, CEO of Indigenous Tourism Alberta, to share a few words. On behalf of Indigenous Tourism Alberta, I would like to express our excitedness and how grateful we are for the prioritization of Indigenous tourism within the strategy. Indigenous tourism has the power to be a driver of social benefits to both Indigenous entrepreneurs and communities across the province. It also provides opportunity to be an economic driver for Alberta's visitor economy through the global demand that we're seeing and the diversity of authentic Indigenous tourism uh, experiences across the entire province. Finally, though, Indigenous tourism can be a tool for reconciliation and action, allowing for Indigenous people across Alberta to share their story and culture authentically through their voice. And while doing so, welcoming visitors to learn and connect provincially, nationally, and globally. I'd like to thank the Government of Alberta, Travel Alberta, and everyone who's contributed to this strategy we believe it marks a pivotal moment in time for the entire Indigenous visitor economy here in Alberta, and I am very grateful and looking forward to what the future holds for the Indigenous tourism and overall visitor economy throughout the province. And from here, I'll pass over to Darren Reeder. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, a special thank you to Premier Smith, Minister Scow, and Parliamentary Secretary Lawn. This is really and truly a momentous day for Alberta. We've been talking about tourism for a good number of years. In fact, uh, a government document back in 1985, uh, Industrial Strategy, talked about the opportunities for tourism and tourism in terms of its opportunities on Crown land. And it's unfortunate that it's taken a few years to get there, but we can be proud today that we have a government that leans into uh, the opportunities with Alberta's tourism economy. Tourism in all of its forms is really an important part of Alberta's natural resource sector. It is net jobs positive as demand increases for visitation, so too do the needs for jobs in tourism-based communities. The opportunities here for product diversification are endless. And I mean, this is the game we really need to be in as a province. The competitiveness has never been higher. So the ability to summon the entrepreneurial nature of Albertans to take risk, to conceive new ideas, and to, above all else, share their hearts and souls the way they do as Albertans when they invite people to this province is going to be paramount to distinguishing our position on the world map. So thank you very much for everyone that is here today and your support of this industry. We'll now begin the media Q&A section of this announcement. Uh, reminder for those that will be going with one question and one follow-up today, please state your name and outlet before asking your question. Uh, if there's any media in the room, I'd invite you to the mic at the back to come ask a question. Seeing none there, we'll start off first, or yeah, we'll start off here in the room. 
Thanks very much, and thanks very much, Premier, for being here in Jasper. My name is Bob. We am with the Jasper Local Online News Site. Um, you spoke about fresh tourism products and diversifying the product here in Alberta. Um, a lot of Jasper locals believe Jasper itself is a product. Visitors come here to experience our authentic community within the national park. But there are there is one thing that comes to mind to some residents of Jasper when it comes to the province, and um, I want to remind uh, you that in 2019 this government indicated to Alberta municipalities that going forward the province would be only paying 75% of its payment in lieu of taxes on provincially owned properties. Uh, they then changed that to 50% of what they owed, and that's where it stands today. Uh, municipalities were effectively told they had no recourse. This government purports to act on a fair deal for Alberta, but it won't give a fair deal to municipalities. When will the Alberta government start paying its fair share of municipal payments on property taxes? And thank you very much. Well, let me um, answer it a couple ways. So we just came up with a new local government fiscal framework so that as our revenues grow, so will the revenues that we, we give to municipalities to, to be able to support their growth as well. And we've also done a, an adjustment to make sure that nobody is worse off this year than they would have been under the old framework. Uh, and we want to just continue to allow more dollars to flow through to municipalities. Um, that being said, there are certain communities that just have a sort of a, a special unique character, Bamping and Campmore, Waterton here, uh, the uh, Nordig area, because it just gets so many additional uh, bodies in the community because of tourism. But, of course, if you don't own a property, you're not paying taxes. So I would say that property tax is only one issue we've got to look at. The transfers that we're doing is another issue. And if we need to develop some new funding framework to be able to support our resort communities, I'll be very interested to have uh, our tourism and sport minister uh, look into that and see if there's something to bring forward. I know that there has been conversation in the past of getting an official designation of a resort town. I don't know all of the things that would be um, associated, what benefits would come from that, but uh, increasingly, of course, if we're, if we're going to support more traffic coming to these communities, they need to have the dollars to be able to, to support that extra, that extra traffic. So I, I think we have to do a, another job looking at it. Oh, okay, perfect. And seeing no more questions here in the person, we'll go over to the phones. Operator, could you put through our first caller, please? Sean Poulter, Western Standard. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, in light of some of these uh, comments that uh, Minister Zubow made yesterday about uh, building roads or not building them or uh, whatever, um, how much does the federal government actually contribute to uh, Alberta's road network, maybe in terms of dollars, and if there is some need for additional infrastructure being in the national parks, seeing as how uh, I think it's about 10% of our province is national park uh, for all these uh, EVs that uh, they want to start bringing in after 2035, and, you know, in terms of um, road networks, chargers, and just even that kind of thing. Do they have a responsibility to provide more money, not less? Well, I'm not sure I know precisely how much dollars the federal government gives, because they would obviously have um, 
major highways that we would partner with them on. But I, I can tell you, we're going to continue investing money in roads. Uh, anyone who thinks that you can stop building roads has obviously not traveled outside of Montreal very much and doesn't understand how big this country is and doesn't understand what it takes to get to some of our resort communities. So I would say that uh, the, the, the environment minister has once again demonstrated how tone deaf he is on anything to do with environmental issues. What we are hoping to do is to find other ways that we can facilitate um, more, more tourism traffic. For instance, last year you saw in the budget, we um, announced that we would assist at uh, Calgary in building out a, uh, the rest of its LRT line to the airport. And we're in the process of, of putting out a, a commuter rail and province-wide rail strategy to be able to solicit input on, on how that might look. There was a, a proponent from uh, a couple of years back who wanted to build a train from Calgary through to Banff. And and so those may be the kind of things that we can partner on. I mean, I think that if we can find more ways for people to conveniently get to our, our, our mountain parks areas, we should be looking at that. Vehicles will be one aspect, buses will be another, and, and perhaps rail will be another. But uh, I, I would say that, that it's, not, it's not one or the other. I think it's all. And did you have a follow-up? And, um, yeah. So uh, this morning, uh, Minister Zubos seemed to walk back his statements a little bit, um, kind of implying that they uh, apply more to some of these large um, road projects in Ontario and Quebec that uh, would be subject to a federal review. And uh, I was just wondering if you had mentioned uh, when the Impact Assessment Act was up in uh, front of the Supreme Court, that they would have had power to regulate, like, even backcountry roads in Alberta? And if somehow that uh, worked into uh, your assessment of, uh, you know, the calculus of, um, you know, the intervention against it and whether or not this is something that you're concerned of uh, going forward. Well, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen Gibbon needs to understand that he lost. He put together a bill that was found to be unconstitutional. It's illegal. And the court told them they had to rewrite it. And part of the reason it was unconstitutional and illegal is because they did silly things like come into our jurisdiction and tell us what projects we could and could not build, including there was a line in there that any road that was longer than 75 kilometers needed federal approval. Well, the Supreme Court has found that to be unconstitutional and illegal. So I don't take much stock in Guibault uh, trying to assert that he has authority in areas that he does not. So we're going to build roads. It sounds like Premier Doug Ford is going to continue to build roads. And I, I think that it's just a, another demonstration of the ideology. I mean, two weeks ago, he was telling us all that we had to drive electric vehicles. And now that it's, it's demonstrating that people don't want to buy a, electric vehicles and the speed and rate that he's proposing, now we see he's shifting gears saying, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't drive at all. You should take the bus. Well, that's not a, a reasonable option in most places in the country. So I would say that he's losing credibility every, every single day. I don't know why his caucus and cabinet are continuing to put up with it, but that's something that they're going to have to deal with internally. But I think increasingly he's demonstrating how out of touch he is. Thanks, Sean. We'll go on to our next caller. Operator, could you please put them through? Shailene Skolsky, CTV. 
Hi, thank you for taking my question. The question is for the, the Premier. Um, we're learning about changes today to the federal carbon tax program. Uh, Ottawa is renaming the plan the Car- Canada Carbon Rebate and doubling the rural top up to 20% in recognition of rural Canadians' higher energy needs. I'm wondering what your reaction is to these changes and what it will mean for Albertans. Um, I'm not sure I know the uh, issue that you're referring to. We may just have to get back to you. I, I don't think I'd heard um, an update. Okay. Um, in terms of uh, another question that I have is on this issue of housing, the new report from the Federal Housing Advocate of the Canadian Human Rights Commission is suggesting that people should be allowed and supported to live in encampments and that all forced evictions from encampments must come to an end. Now, this is in contrast to the province's position on this over the last recent months. How will this report and the pending National Encampment Response Plan be factored into future decisions by the province on this issue going forward? Well, we're going to ignore her because, quite frankly, she's wrong. Uh, it is it is not dignified for our, our vulnerable population to be victimized in these encampments. They're being run by criminal gangs. They're victimized not only by their addiction, but also violence, um, sexual assaults. And we're not going to put up with that. We have cleared out the encampments in Edmonton, and we have uh, we have connected over 200 people to vital services, including getting ID, getting shelter services, getting mental health support, getting on a virtual opioid dependency program, and they're grateful, frankly, that uh, we're putting this uh, effort into making sure that they're connected to services. One of the things we keep hearing is no one's ever offered us this before, and it's because people like the housing advocate uh, are not providing reasonable solutions. They're not, they're not trying to solve the problem. Her also so, idea that we're just going to start handing out drugs to, to people and keeping them in their addiction, it's absurd. That's not what we're doing in Alberta. We're not giving up on people. We believe that we, our job is to offer treatment and a pathway to recovery so people can get their lives back. And so um, I would say that we, we don't have any interest in her opinion. We just are disregarding it. Thank you, Shay. And we'll go on to our next question. Operator, could you put through the next caller, please? Graham Thompson, the star. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, believe it or not, I actually have a question on today's topic and tourism. Uh, it seems to me that the, um, the problems that we focused in some ways on rural Alberta. I know yesterday's news released um, the other day about the um, tourism and hospitality sector. You really focused on rural areas. And I'm not saying this in a pejorative way. It seems that maybe are you more focused on helping out tourism in rural areas as opposed to the big cities? If I understood the question, it was about a development of tourism in rural Alberta. It was a bit muffled. Yeah. Can you hear me okay, though? I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, thank you for the question. Uh, as I had mentioned, we're, we're working with industry, and uh, through the consultations for the last several years, we have come up with uh, what we feel is a, a strong plan to develop rural Alberta tourism with 10 tourism development zones. Uh, I would suggest it's a continuation or a working document in the sense that uh, as we continue along this path of building towards our goal of $25 billion by 2035, that uh, we'll see the results that come in and adjust if necessary. But, you know, Alberta has a great story to tell across the entire province. And so as we're here in Jasper and seeing the beautiful vistas, 
knowing that people are coming here from around the world, it's just part of the story. And so we want to support all of Alberta in developing uh, unique products that draw high-value travelers from around the world, uh, not just within Alberta or within Canada, to experience the best that Alberta has to offer. So uh, rural Alberta is definitely a focal point for this strategy, along with Indigenous tourism. Uh, we hear from tourism uh, tourists and travel agents around the world who tell us that, that there is a huge demand for authentic Indigenous tourism experiences. And uh, in my short time as a minister, I've had a chance to experience some of them, places like Métis Crossing or Painted Warriors Ranch. And uh, I can tell you that they are life-changing, uh, informative, and uh, just beautiful places to visit. And I encourage people to get out and try them. And uh, I'm grateful for Shea Bird, who has been uh, stalwart in this effort and continues to work there. And I look forward to working with him and others. Hello? Can you still hear me? Yep. Yeah, sorry. A bad line. I have a question for the Premier. Um, it's a comment. I'm looking for a comment, if you can give one, regarding the NDP leadership race. You have some candidates now talking about, um, you know, maybe loosening ties with the federal um, NDP, also um, tax relief for Albertans, as well as maybe moving away from a consumer tax, on the, the carbon tax, more focusing more on industrial uh, taxation. Do you have any comments as to what's actually happening in terms of maybe you know, the NDP is shifting um, its priorities because of who's running in the leadership race? Well, they're sounding a lot like UCP supporters. So, you know, we welcome anyone who wants to uh, uh, join us in trying to eliminate the, the consumer carbon tax. We asked we ask the NDP to, to join us in that in the, in, uh, the last session, and, and they refused to. So I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, they've now realized that it's a, it's a, a, it's a losing proposition. I, I should point out, it was the NDP who brought in a carbon tax in the province, without uh, running on it. And uh, to, to sort of see the, the flip-flop there, I, I find it amusing. But I think it's a demonstration of just how much the federal NDP party is, is damaging to the brand of, uh, of, the, of the local party. Let's remember, they're integrated parties. So every membership that gets sold in this race becomes an automatic member in the federal NDP, supporting uh, things like, I guess... Uh, uh, Charlie Angus's bill to make it illegal for anyone to say anything nice about and about the oil and gas industry. So they ha- either have to support that or they have to distance themselves from it. But I can see that the, the federal NDP is doing them, themselves a great deal of damage in, in this province because they have absurd policies. So it's no wonder that the, uh, the leadership candidates are, are trying to run, run away from that record. Thanks, Graham. Operator, could you put through our next caller, please? Carrie Tate, Globe and Mail. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, Premier, I'm wondering if Jennifer Johnson will be welcomed back into the caucus when you're back in session at the end of the month. There is a, she certainly, I've said she has a lot of work to do to repair the, the damage. Uh, with the, the uh, LGBT plus community. So there's, there's no conversation going on about that now. Oh, sorry, can you, sorry, I missed the end of that. There's no conversation going on about that, no. Oh, there is no conversation. Yeah. What, what is the type of work that she needs to do to get back into pocket? Well, you'll have to ask her um, what she's done, but I, I think she caused a lot of hurt feelings, and she has to demonstrate to the community that she's uh, prepared to, to make amends. So um, that's work that she's going to have to do. Thank you, Carrie. And operator, did we have any more callers in the queue? 
there are no other questions in the queue at this time. Thank you. That'll conclude today's press conference.